Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast today. I have Ashley Barton with me. Welcome, Ashley. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So you have Healthier with Ashley, and Ashley is spelled A-S-H-L-E-E, on Instagram. But specifically, I'm going to address a post that I was really taken by that you posted about a week and a half or two weeks ago. And you you begin and you say, I'm a former year-round athlete who struggled with body image, self-esteem, and self-assuredness for much of my teenage and young adult life. And then you talk about the transformation being years in the making. And so I want to talk more about you, you are an educator. Tell me a little bit more about how you be, what you incorporate and how you began to incorporate it. And we'll sort of work backward into your story because a lot of our listeners struggle with body image and what do I eat and how do I eat and what if I don't want to run and what if I don't want to lift weights? And they don't know how to transform their lives yeah. because they're not in touch with what's going on internally. Right. So begin with, where did you begin? Tell your story because it's actually really fascinating and I don't want to read it. (laughs) I want people to hear it from your spirit, your soul. Mm, Sure. Yeah. So actually my experience, I can remember all the way back to being a really young girl and even um, as young as like kindergarten and first grade, knowing or my perspective of my body in comparison to other girls was that I looked different and I, I just carried that with me um, all the way growing up. So it really goes back to a very young age. And so at, you know, being six, seven years old, I, in my mind, looked different than other girls. And in what way though? Tell me in what way. Well, you know, I was an athlete. So a lot of my friends were athletes. And so playing sports really young, I just remember, um, I'm very short. I'm 4'11". And (laughs) that's so cute. Uh so, So I remember, you know, that being one of the things that I was not um, self-conscious about at that time, but aware of. And so I carried weight on my body differently than other girls. Mm-hmm. And so, so even at a very young age, I, I picked up on that mm-hmm. and throughout, um, you know, my, my youth and adolescence, I, I didn't gain much height. So I was always just a really muscular but short girl, whereas other girls seem to be sprouting up and um, leaning out. Mm-hmm. And so I really kind of struggled with the balance between athleticism and performance and being able to um, be in shape in order to perform well. And I was a soccer player, so I, you know, performing well on the soccer field. And the struggle was, but also wanting to look like all the other girls in my, in my mind, what they look mm-hmm. like. So. And so what you're saying is, is you had, and you talk about this in your post, you had an internal conflict going on, mm-hmm. which sounds like you were like, you know, I'm a really good athlete. I'm good at something here. I'm a damn good soccer player, mm-hmm. but 
sometimes did you find yourself so you are you telling me you didn't love your body um yeah I really struggled with that um growing up and yeah I would say no I wasn't crazy about my body at all until um until I was in college and I um I my roommates would comment on the shape of my body but they commented on it in a very positive regard in a way that I had never seen my body that way um mm-hmm. and so uh like hey you are like dude you've got muscles yeah. you look good you know yeah. you're defined yeah yep, yep. and right? you've got a flat stomach you've got a nice butt you've got firm legs right things that girls don't have a lot of times mm-hmm. right there's the difference i mean you start to see where the rubber hits the pavement Oh yeah, you know, where a lot of girls like were sprouting up and they were bean poles, and they didn't have to do anything. And you get into college and you realize I can't eat Fritos all day long and ding dongs, <laughs> right, and not work out, right. Not only that, but when you start to, you don't want to, mm, right, right, yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, and that's I did struggle with that too. You know, I struggled with, um, I struggled with balancing eating and, um, and coming into a young adult and my body changing. And, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of things that kind of went into it. So I was also, I had a really wild side, you know, like when I went to college, I was ready to like, just, um, (laughs) go already down. Yeah, I was. And, and Mm -hmm. so, um, but I, I knew that something inside me was not aligning with, uh, what I, thought I was or what I tried to portray myself as. And so I, I struggled with, um, indulging like overindulgence and with food and with partying. And, but at the same time was trying to go to the gym and stay fit. It just didn't align. So it was Mm. really like, um, I was kind of all over the place and I could feel it inside that I was unsettled. Something was So give us an example so people can relate to that. Um, yeah. So, well, an example would be, you know, going out on, on the weekend nights and, um, and just drinking heavily and partying heavily, but then waking up the next day feeling horrible. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday morning, rolling, rolling over and being like, all right, today's a new day. Um, and trying to head to the gym, but you know, my performance in the gym was, was basically, like hitting, the, hitting the pavement, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like, yeah, you're sweating out all your alcohol and all the toxins, and your body is saying, What are you doing to me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't know. I I don't think I had the insight to to really discover what it was that I truly wanted and how to get out of this cycle. And yeah. So you talk about that fear was in the forefront of your mind. Mm. And, and, and I love this because I, I talk a lot about this. You say this internal conflict held me in a place of self-sabotage, mm. yep. living by other people's expectations and living through the lens of fear. Mm. So that's what, you know, I, I we want to touch on that because I think that people self-sabotage themselves with fear in relationships, Mm. in their career, 
with their body because change means something. When we have to face what that fear is, you know, that fear, that self-sabotage actually keeps us, believe it or not, safe. Sure. Because we don't have to look at what's going on underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And yet I promise you that the people who are listening to this podcast want to change. Oh, yeah. And every single person and guest that I have, just like you that gets on the podcast and says, this is my story. This is what I went through. You know, it clicks with them just that little bit, you know, no matter who it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so what I, what I want to know is, you know, so, so basically you were like on that bad cycle, you know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It was the partying, it's the kill the pain. It's, and also, you know, when we're young, we do have these wild sides of adrenaline that kick in, you know, and we're, we want to just scream and be who we are and accept that. And, you know, it's energy, right? What do you do with all of this energy that's pent up? That's one of the reasons you are such a great athlete. You were gifted with that energy. And and a lot of people don't know what to do with it. And so they do what you were doing. But you stopped. Right. And what I want to know is what so what were you doing mm. and and thinking and feeling that you actually said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. Screw this. Yeah. This isn't what I want to be. It's not who I am. Tell us about that. Well I you know that part was a little bit more simple than, um, and up until I kind of started like confronting what was underneath the layers. So when I got back from college, I, I started teaching classes at a gym. And so I knew that fitness made me feel where it made me feel the best. It made me feel confident. It made me, it just brought a lot of joy to my life. Um, I helping other people with their fitness brought Mm-hmm. so much joy to my life. And so I just continued down that path. And as life presents challenges and, and, and tough situations, right, as we get older, and, you know, with family, with career, having to make really difficult choices, having to watch difficult, um, you know, different difficult relationships um, break down and, and just all things that everybody experiences at some point in their life. Um, those, so emotional disappointment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Yep. Yep. So mm-hmm. as those things started to happen around me and to, and in my life, I realized it was at that point that I realized that I needed to stop um, doing two things. One, I I needed to stop making decisions that um, were safe. At, were the safe decisions, and I needed, for to, example, for um, example, like if I wanted to leave a job, you know, and take a risk at another job, I would have a lot of, um, I would have a lot of self doubt. Like I would think of all the reasons why that job, um, I should stay there because it's safer, and if I take a risk, what if it doesn't work out? I played the what if game a lot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. That's great insight. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I still had like this, you know, I still had this connection to um, my, this was really deep rooted, but it still, I could still have this connection of, you know, what would my parents tell me to do? You know, like, Mm -hmm. what was the right thing to do? And, and I, I guess I just had a lot of trouble breaking away from that and listening to my heart and what I was really 
here for? Like, what was my purpose here in life? Like, and really trying to follow my heart. And so that was one thing that I, that I realized. And, um, the second thing was, so the question yeah. you, you began to ask yourself, mm-hmm. you, when you, you, when you become, it's like you have one leg over in the, okay, I've got to do the right thing. Like, what would my parents think? Because I want to be a person that has a firm foundation and is responsible because these are all the things that they instilled in me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And those are their ideas. Mm-hmm. And they're not bad ideas. Those are good things. Yeah. And then the other leg is in, but what does my heart really want? Because I'm not really feeling it. Right. Right. And as those two pieces begin to stretch, you know, stretch apart, you realize you can't be Gumby. You can't hang on. You're going to fall into the chasm of nothingness if you don't choose. Right. Yeah. So this is where we have to ask ourselves, what do we feel? And even if it's wrong, We have to choose because you'll never know yourself if you don't try. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you're in this position. What were the decisions that were the hardest for you to get from point A to point B to be the fitness person and the instructor and the nutritionist that you are today? How did you get there? Because here you are going, I've got to remain over here safe. (laughs) Right. And, you know, because my mom and dad, I've got my mom and dad's eyes on me. You know, because they instilled really good habits in you. Yeah. Yet you struggle with good habits and what's right for me. Right, right. Because now you have the idea. You know what a good habit is, okay? It's not drinking and, you know, waking up on Monday morning saying, I've got to get, you quit that, right? You realize not going to do that. So that was a good decision. Yeah. Then the next decision has to be, you know, how am I going to live my how am I going to live the life that was instilled in me in the uniqueness that I, is built into my body, right? Yep. And who I am in my mind and my spirit. How'd you make the jump? Because a lot of people mm. are sitting there going, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And they're afraid. They have the same fear that you had. Right. Yeah. I, so I had a lot of uh, extremely supportive people around me and a lot of people who were willing to tell me to rip the bandaid off and stop being so afraid. And when I heard those words from, um, some of my friends, not even my family, I knew my family was going to support me no matter what my decision was, even though I was trying to, you know, I was battling with making the right decision, um, based on my heart versus what might be right in their minds, but I knew they would support me no matter what, but I had a lot of really supportive friends that were willing to look me in the eye and not, and not like pussyfoot around the, you know, my fears. They, they would tell me, rip the bandaid off. You know, this is what you want. This is you, you, you know? And so I think I heard that enough where it got me to take a step forward. And, you know, for example, I used to work for, um, like over 14 years for a um an indoor cycling studio and it took me you know I got to the point where I was like you know what I really want to do this on my own and I want this to be my thing like this is what my passion is and it took me a a lot to step out of it it took me months and months and months to even though my mind was halfway out the door, you know, it took me forever. It was all fear-based. I was so afraid I was going to lose all these um, awesome connections that I had with people. I, I, I had met so many people. We've 
work together. Um, the clients that I had, I had some from the very first class I ever taught, you know, were with me 14 years later. And I just had established really beautiful relationships with people that I was afraid to lose instead of, instead of believing that, you know, they might just follow me because we have established such a connection, you know? Right. So you, you, you're pointing on things that are, you know, touching on things such as the difference between fear and faith. Yeah. Right. And fear is literally a construct of thoughts. I mean, it's not real. That's danger is real. Fear is not. Right. And so you, you know, it's interesting. And I want to really point out to everybody is you said, I began working in a gym. And I started to feel really good. I felt good about myself. I felt good about helping other people. Mm. And I knew that this was my thing. So you began doing it. Right. And it doesn't matter if it took you 14 days or 14 years. Mm -hmm. You know, you stuck with what made you feel really good. And the difference I think that we're getting to is that really tight rope that was being stretched from, can I do this on my own? You know, do I, you know, where, but you and all your friends are like messengers. They're like, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. Imagine if you had people around you that you, that were saying to you, I don't know about that. Mm. You know, you got to be careful. You know, I had the same thing. My friends were like, oh yeah, you all, you'll always be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so they reinforced your ability to just keep going deeper, right? right? So what did so here you are 14 years teaching at the same studio. Obviously the owners are loving you, mm-hmm. right? You're yeah. consistent, <laughs> you're loyal, you're there, but you have established the beauty is is that you you establish these beautiful relationships with the people that you train. They trust you. Yeah. And you were afraid if I go out on my own, they might go now nah, and they're going to be right. Right. Yeah. So how did you get here? Yeah. How did you get there? Um, I just, I, I literally ripped the bandaid off <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and I just, um, I was, I think I was tired of living in like self doubt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just, I left, I, well, I, you know, there was a, there was opportunities and I tried to take some opportunities <laughs> um, and they didn't work out. So I left and, mm-hmm. um, and I just hooked up with um, another and I hooked up with another person and we opened up a business together and that's, you know, that's where we are now. So um, we grew that business and, you know, now we're, and I have a lot of the same clientele. And so, and, and now from there, like I'm looking to grow even further and really just, um, be on my own, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, it is, I feel like, you know, we feel fear and, and I, I used to think like the opposite of fear is courage, but I really feel like, you know, the opposite of fear is like just deciding, deciding, and then doing, you know, and it's like once you take that first step, then everything seems to domino after that. But it's, it's it's actually very true. It's actually making a choice in faith. Like, you know what? I'm gonna jump and I'm gonna trust yeah. that I'm getting there's a net beneath me or I'm gonna sprout wings and I'm cared for. Right. It, it's interesting that you say that because 
if we look at fear and fear is really constructed from thought and and then it, you know and feeling right? right so it's not real it creates a chemical reaction but you you say it it's really eloquent the way that you say it you you made a choice in faith mm. you made a choice in the opposite of fear which is i'm just going to trust that this is all going to work out because i can feel it so strongly inside myself right. that deeply this is who i am and it, you were reinforced over and over again. And you use these words in your post that talk about shifting your ways from being and living. Mm -hmm. And you capitalize the B-E in the word being because it means to be. Right. And, you know, one of the things that people are that our listeners don't know is that you are also a school psychologist. Mm -hmm. And. I think that's really important because in this society, we believe that psychologists have perfected all the shit in their, right? It's like, they're perfect. It's like, they are not. Yes. We are all human. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's, that's the threat of this because being a little girl and feeling, you know, my gosh, you know, I'm 4'11 and my body is more muscular than these younger girls and you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's all these things that, you know, it's like, I'm imperfect. And, you know, then somebody says, oh, she's a psychologist, right? And they look at themselves and they, I'm going to the psychologist because she's perfect and I'm imperfect. And it's like, wait, why do we have to be one or the other? Right. Why yeah. can't we just be? Right. Just like you said, yeah. right? Yep, yep. And, and you also, it's very human because you're saying my transformation has been years in the making. Right. Oh, and, and continuing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you said that uh, absolutely. Same with me. Same with everybody. If you listen to the people that are very well known and popular in the new thought culture, they'll say they still fall. Their transformation is still in the making. And so, but you say that it took a powerful and rapid shift when you uncovered what was holding you back. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the thing that you uncovered that was holding you back was fear, right? Fear and, and self-doubt. I felt a lot of, um, incompetent, like in incompetence, like I, I, like I wasn't competent, you know, mm -hmm. to do certain things to make certain decisions on my own, even though everybody around me would tell me that I can do anything I want, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you you know, that takes you so far. And I'm lucky to have so many people around me saying that. But I think, you know, for any of us, that will only take us so far. It has to come from within. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to, you know, or else you'll, it, you'll always feel this, um, like something's missing, like there's this gap. You made a choice, though, I think, internally, Yes. Because you, when we are talking to our friends and we're saying to our friends, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I really want to have my own studio. I've been teaching here for 14 years. You know, I, I know I can do it. I'm just afraid to take the step. And your friends are like, you can do it all. 
You can do this. You've got this. I mean, look at your following. Look at the relationships that you have. Look at how long you've been doing it. And you keep educating yourself and you keep getting better and better. And we pussyfoot around and we kick the tires and we're like, really? Do you really think so? And you know, we start to ruminate over the things that our friends say and we start to believe it ourselves. But the first thing you did was you believe it or not, you trusted and believed in yourself because you knew you could do it. You were just afraid to jump. Right. And that's what people walk around and they're like, I know I've got this book in me. (laughs) I know that I could lose this for, if I could just lose this 40 pounds, if I could just lose these 80 pounds. Right. And then they look outside themselves and they're, and they say, you know, look at so-and-so she did it. You know, I don't have it in me. And somebody says to them, yeah, you can, you can do it. You just have to begin the habit. Right. Right. Right? And so I say to people, get out and walk, make a decision. Okay. You're going to get up 20 minutes early and you're going to walk for 10 minutes. Okay. Day one. And every day you're going to add one minute to that. You make your goals achievable and your goals. If people look at it, right. You're people go, Oh, you're an instant success. Yeah. It only took me 14 years to get my own studio. Right. If you want to call that instant, Mm -hmm. Right. But every day you started to make choices when you made the decision, you would talk to your friends about it over and over and you invested in yourself and you invested in the people that you were giving back to. Right. You made an investment. It was whether it was energetic, right. Or psychological or just showing up and, and teaching people how to make their body stronger and better right. right? through cycling and through weightlifting and through nutrition. Yep. And you were the actual, you became what people were emulating mm-hmm. in their own way, you know, because everything is so, I, I think that chemically we're also, we're, we're the same, but yet we're different, right? Based yeah. on our stress factors and how we grow up and, you know, all of those other things. And so what you did is what drove you. You actually lived, live and continue to live the thing that drives you, right? Yeah. And that is to be, mm. to allow yourself to be who you are, to help people become better people, right? Right. And so you... You, we're going to talk more about this. I want to do, definitely want to do another podcast with these specific, you know, where, you know, we can do a concentrated 30 minutes specifically to here's how we can begin making changes. This is an example for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And you say that growth can be beautiful and it can be constant. And, you know, that's the only thing that is constant. Right. Is change. Right. And yeah. And that's, I, I think, for me over the past two years, that has been one of the biggest things that has shifted in my life is, um, is starting to learn and dive into things that I, um, I, I guess I doubted my ability to dive into. So over the past two years, um, we've started doing some nutrition coaching and, and built an entire new business based around nutrition coaching and personal transformation. And I, if you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago, if I ever would have dived into the world of nutrition, I would have, 
I would have turned away and ran, <laughs> you know, because why? Well, why? Well, I love your posts yeah. when you're like, here's my lentil burgers yeah. because I am full on, you know, I go, I go between vegan, vegetarian and raw mm-hmm. and, and people say to me, do you ever eat meat? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Rarely. But I do eat it because sometimes I feel I don't eat fish because I don't like the way it smells. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely will eat uh, beef, a little bit of chicken and a little bit of turkey burger. For some reason, I go more for the beef, whatever reason that is. Yeah. But it's rare. Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't limit myself. Do I eat sugar? Yes. Mm -hmm. Fat and sugar makes everything taste good. (laughs) It's not like you can't be human. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. so tell me about that. Why? Because when People have to look at your posts on Instagram because I'm like, damn, I want to make that. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess the reason was because I I felt like I had my own struggles to still kind of work through. Because you weren't perfect? Yeah. Because you weren't that's what yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves as humans. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's why I say yeah. sometimes we're going to eat the pound of seized candy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sometimes you're going to eat the hamburger with the double cheese and the bacon and avocado, yeah. you know, and you go, well, at least it had avocado. You know, it's okay to give yourself what you need. Right. What's not okay is when you feel badly mm. about yourself. And isn't that what you're really talking about? Yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. We, we really focus on balance. Um, and, and, you know, I think it really comes down to, oh, geez. It, well, it comes down to a lot of things, but you know, we're, I, this is what I learned. One of these things I want to share this because this is a big, part of my shift over the past um, two years. Um, and I took this from a guy, Jim Fortin. And you talk a lot about him. I like that. I yeah. Do. Yeah. He's definitely been a huge, had a huge impact in, in my life in terms of um, my internal shift. And he says, you are where your attention is. And, and for me, and I, I hope to bring this to other people as well, that when we are so focused on the thing that is wrong in our lives, how can we possibly take a step away from that? But when we can shift our our thinking and our emotion away from that, that energy sucker, <laughs> um, then we can start to grow and move towards where we want to be. And I, and so how did you do that? I just, um, I, I just made a very deliberate conscious effort to not engage in my thinking it around these things that were, um, not serving me in my life. So worrying about, um, worrying about like, We'll just say, for instance, maybe like a life stressor that might have been going on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing on that drama and that, you know, really difficult situation and being sucked into the emotion of it and the constant talk and thinking of it, I had to just disengage my mind from it and say, you know, I'm I'm just not going to think about that right now because there's nothing I can do about that and it doesn't help me to feel any better. So I would shift my thinking into something that 
made me feel either more peace or just, um, you know, whatever I was doing in that moment. And it takes a lot of deliberate action. And I think, you know, sometimes people are looking for, well, give me the answer. Give me the three-step process that I need. But you just did. (laughs) You just did. Well, that is it. You said (laughs) I consciously chose. Yes. To, to that I was I consciously chose to feel better I consciously chose to not think about it yeah. I consciously chose to not feed that I consciously chose to become mindful yeah. of what I was doing you gave the answer mm-hmm. the 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 process and the answer are very difficult for us when we are chemically induced mm-hmm. right we this is where mindfulness comes in you know, your body and your mind are already feeling and reacting before you even get a moment to blink your eye and you're, and you're triggered. Mm. Right. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is that it gives, we become addicted to emotions that we really don't want to be addicted to. And you said, I no longer want to feel this way. Mm. Right. You couldn't do anything about it. Why am I worried? Right. Because I'm I'm addicted to worry because little did I know worry is a part of my genetic makeup that I, you know, you know, was fed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And now the beauty is, and there's a guy that I love listening to. His name is, he's a professor uh, and a neuroscientist at Stanford University. His name's Robert Sapolsky. And I love his lectures. You can get his lectures free on YouTube, and he's got some really great books. But one of the things that Dr. Sapolsky talks about specifically is you can change your brain. You can change your chemicals when you choose. And you just said, you know, I, you know, I said this to a girlfriend of mine. I was like, oh my God, I'm really worried. This is about, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And she looked at me and she's really, she was really into meditation and, you know, mindfulness. And she goes, what are you going to do about it? Just like that. Put it right back in my lap. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, that's a really good question. (laughs) What am I going to do with it? And I went, nothing, because I can't do anything about it. And she said, except make the choice to change your energy regarding it. Distance yourself from it. So that, and from, and recognize what's coming up for you. And that's what you, you're doing all the work, what Jim Fortin says, right? Right. Yep. Yep. And you're also saying, Hey, you know what? I'm really human. I, but you face your challenges. That's the difference. Right. Is you're mindful of what is challenging you. Hmm. Right. So, so how did you become mindful. You went from, oh my God, I really want to do this. Oh my God, I don't know if I could do this. I don't have the faith. You know, what if this goes wrong? What if this happens? And those are all really good questions. I'm not saying that you go jump off a cliff without, you know, having a parachute. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to have the parachute because that is a choice that means, okay, I've got something that I can pull in. You know, I have a rip cord and, you know, I've probably got this other shoot too, in case that one doesn't work. Those are wise decisions, Mm -hmm. but those are also, I'm making a decision that I'm going to try. I'm going to try to take a step here. I've got the parachute. I took classes. I'm going to jump off the cliff and 90% this shoot's going to open. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you made those, but what made you become mindful? What made you so uncomfortable that you wanted to change? 
Oh, um, well, that's, it's, that's a, that's a tough question because I've, I've changed many times. <laughs> so, so, so give us the first one yeah. because this is our first podcast. Give me the first thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That really like, what was it? Um, like for me, I was like, I am so sick of myself. <laughs> I am so sick of thinking the same thoughts over and over, living the same stuff. And all it is, is a thought. Right. I literally had that. Yeah. You know what? I, I'll talk about my my most recent one that has ha- like my most recent shift that has happened over the last year and a half to two years. I think I got to a point where I, I don't, when I think about, all right, if I am not completely happy with where I'm at in my life, I, how do you know that though? First, let's talk about how you know it. Yeah. Well, you, well, I mean, you. yeah. How not everybody. You. <laughs> how do you know? Yeah. Um, I I can tell because I I get this feeling and I I've, I've said this to my husband before. I get this feeling where I like crawling out of my skin, suffocating. <laughs> That's yeah. how it feels to me when I when I feel like I've I am no longer happy with what I'm doing. It feels suffocating to me. I love that. So it's a feeling. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what am I feeling? And you're like, uh, I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to absolutely explode. Something not right. Right. Good. That's okay. And then? Yeah. And so, um, so from there, it was from the emotion, it was like, well, what is holding me back from making a shift in my life? And then, I just started to do some um, work on, I think you mentioned this earlier, like the the subconscious part of it, like really tapping into um, my deep rooted fears. What was, what was I really so afraid of? And, Mm -hmm. and I just was able to uncover the fact that I was afraid to make the wrong decision because I felt like I um, wasn't capable of meeting whatever goal it was that I was trying to achieve, you know? And it, mm-hmm. so I just, I dug, I just dug, dug, dug <laughs> and, and realized like patterns in my life, patterns of feeling like I needed people to validate, um, my choice for something to ensure me, like reassure that it was the safe or the right way to go or that I, it would be an okay decision for me. So I, I just dug and, and that's how I uncovered that I was feeling, um, you know, in this most recent shift that I was feeling just like self doubt was like really deep rooted for me. And And the emotion, right. And so the emotion of self-doubt comes up and it creates this thing we call fear. What is fear? It's a construct of our thoughts, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then we create the energy, right? Because we release chemicals from our brain and in our bodies and we're flooded with them and self-doubt gets bigger and bigger. And then we attach other things to them. But when you stay with that emotion, Mm -hmm. right? And the emotion of self-doubt, 
Okay. How did you get from self-doubt to, I know you kept digging. You said you kept digging and looking and you were like, wow, these are my patterns. The difference is, is that you did not remain in self-doubt. What made you cross the river? Um, I asked myself, what, what would, what would it cost me to stay here in this place? Of, mm, of that's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Like your life, mm-hmm. your yeah, happiness. Like what would my, right? Yeah. What would my, yeah, because you weren't comfortable, right? You see, we go back to that. You were feeling discomfort. So mm-hmm. you went subconscious, mm-hmm. you asked about the emotion and then the emotion was self-doubt and it releases these chemicals. And the question was, what have I got to lose if I take a, tr- a chance, right? Yeah. What are the risks? And the risks are to live a half lived life. Right. Yep. Right. And, and yeah, I think thinking about like shifting, even the question of like, all right, what would be the risk if I did take um, a shift in my life? Right. Like what would be the risk if you did that? So you can, everyone, I think we easily ask ourselves that question, but, but the harder question is what do I risk in my life by staying exactly as I am? What do I lose? Yeah. And then you really face like, You start thinking like a year out, five years out, 10 Mm -hmm. years out, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I, I, if I stay here, I like, I might as well just like roll over right now because I I don't want that to be me in five years. You know, I don't want to be feeling this way in five years and really realizing like the only person that is going to make a choice in my life is me. Mm -hmm. And, and no regret. You know, we, I call this the deathbed method, but I tell a lot of people that are really stuck, get, I want you to put yourself on your deathbed and I want you to look back at your life. And I want you to, to ask yourself if you're going to live a life, are you going to do it halfway and have regret? Or are you going to be willing to fall on your face and learn from that and get back up? Because when you try you cannot fail. You just don't want to stop. Failure is not trying. Right. Right. And so you did, that's what you did. I, in five years, I, you turned around, say at the age of 40, right? Looking at your 35 year old self and you were like, is, is that who you want to be? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it gives a perspective that shifts that you recognize that there is no fear there's just energy, mm. right? And the gap between the 35-year-old self and the 40-year-old self. Right. And you've got this five great years to produce the best version of yourself. Right. Yep. And that's what you, it sounds like, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, you know, <laughs> now I just feel like I, um, I just want to like ride this, this journey forever, you know, like I, I, you know, whatever, whatever will happen tomorrow and then, and the next month, you know, I, I hope to just continue to grow and learn. And, and if there's anything that lies within me that is tied to self-doubt or, um, or anything, you know, whatever might, whatever I might reveal for myself, if I get hung up on something or stuck or, um, feeling like something's blocking me from growing and moving forward. I hope to be able to uncover that and, 
Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I just want to, yeah, I'm a fiery ear, Aries. So I just want to keep, mm-hmm. I want to keep um, growing and learning and building. And I, my most, yeah. I think like when I, when I think about like what makes me so passionate, what, what I, when I come alive the most, it is, it is helping other people um, mm-hmm. with fitness and health. And when I say health, I mean everything, everything that goes into being a healthy individual, you know, from mind to their, their physical body, you know, to their soul. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I can do that to help someone out, that's, that's what makes me feel like I'm coming alive. So, um, me too. Yeah. yeah. Everything energetically, everything, your environment becoming more aware. Yeah. I love that. You say here, I'm just like you, I'm human <laughs> and I face my own challenges. Oh, yeah. And then you talk about your dramatic shift. What, what I, where I want to end this podcast is here because I think that it, it will help us move into sort of like, this is our un- introduction. You say, I want to share with you the approaches I've taken to make this happen. Yeah. And so I would love to be able to uh, do more podcasts with you that define how you see nutrition and define, you know, that would be one and then define, you know, how you see fitness because it is all individual and how, you know, spirituality and fitness and nutrition really do all work together based on this energy and the spirit that binds everything together and brings it together and dissolves it, you know, when we decide we're not going to have any more of that. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, do you have anything else to add today? I really love having you as a guest and I, I'd love to do some more podcasts with you. All right. So do you have anything else you want to say to the audience? Um, no, I mean, I, I don't really think so. I, I, I think, you know, I, I would love to share more stuff. I would love to share more specifics. I think that would be really helpful for people. And Me too. Uh, yeah. And so I, I just, I guess the only thing I would say is that if, if anyone is feeling like they're stuck or there's something missing or something out of alignment in their life, that, Mm -hmm. that one small step is really all you need to do to start one very small step. And so that's something that we could really talk about is how we know when we're out of alignment, because many times what we don't know is that we're actually out of alignment, but your outside circumstances will absolutely mirror back to you what's happening within you. And so when we turn in and we look at self, when we look at our triggers, when we look at what we're feeling, like when we start to become mindful and we pay attention to self, we empower ourselves exactly like you did. Because you did look within, you did take the risk, you know, you did everything that you needed to do. And that's the thing that I is so powerful in this podcast. It wasn't like you sat in your school psychologist's office and you were like, God, I really wish I could work out. I would love to be able to train people. Wouldn't that be awesome? You did it. Yeah. Fear and all, insecurity and all, not feeling good enough about yourself and all. You did it. And one thing leads to another. Energy follows intention. 
and you got stronger and more confident and you had better friends and you removed yourself from dramas and you're still going to have little dramas in your life. That's how it goes. That's life. And you're still going to eat seized candy and you're still going to want to, you know, you're going to crave certain things and you're not going to want to eat your lentil burger, <laughs> but you're going to do it anyway. And you're going to feel good about it. And maybe in two weeks you will eat your burger. You see what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and so it's, it's choice in every moment. And it, that is becoming mindful, conscious, and aware. Mm. So, okay, we're going to wrap this podcast up. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. And again, Healthier with Ashley is her Instagram handle. You know how to spell healthier. You know how to spell with. And Ashley, again, is A-S-H-L-E-E. It'll be in my show notes. So please follow her. And she's going to give us some really good tips in our next podcast. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you for having me. All right, you guys, please make the world a better place.